بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا بالقاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره We said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent many prophets. Some of them are mentioned in the Quran, but most of them are not mentioned in the Quran by their names. And among the prophets, some were given books. Some had to preach the book which was given to the major prophet before. or maybe at the same time. There were times that many prophets lived together. There were times that tens of prophets were living together. So, the core message which was delivered by all these prophets was the same. And it will always remain the same. But it is details, especially when it comes to the practical aspect which can be different and also the depth the depth was increasing by the advancement of human understanding and another thing is the ability of human beings to be able to preserve the book which they were given unfortunately the previous books other than the Quran, I mean before the Quran, they were somehow lost. Either completely, there are many books that we don't have any record of them, or partly. For example, there was a time that Torah was completely missing, and then they found it back. How much was changed in this period, no one can be sure. How much later is changed, we don't know. Even today, when you ask Jewish scholars, most of them, they don't say that Torah is the literal revelation. They believe in Torah, they believe it's sacred, but they don't say that it's word by word revealed by God. The same with the Christians. They don't say that the four Gospels are revealed by God word by word. The same that we say about the Quran. They say those four people were inspired to write these Gospels. But they don't say that every word is from God. And therefore this is why sometimes there are conflicting stories in these four. And they say that they had different sources. In any way. When it comes to the Qur'an, that was the time that human beings were able to be given a book and preserve it and also understand it, at least the outward, the literal side of it. The depths of Qur'an would never be reached by people and it will always remain for people in future to come and dive into this ocean and benefit from it. Inshallah, we will talk about this later. So now we want to focus on the Quran after talking about revelation in general and prophethood 
uh, in general, we want to focus on the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that He is the one who has sent down the Quran. There are different types of the verses of the Quran about the way the Quran was sent down. Sometimes it is used in a passive way. There is no mention of who was the sender. For example, Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an. The month of Ramadan in which the Qur'an was sent. Who is the sender? It's not mentioned here. So in some verses, the sender is not mentioned. In some verses, the sender is mentioned to be Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Zumar number 23, Allah hadith. Allah sent down the best of the words. Or, We have sent this down. And we will talk about this, inshallah. Sometimes Allah says that Jibra'il, Gabriel, brought down the Quran. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Nazala bihar ruhul amin. The honest, the trusted spirit brought down the Quran or sent down the Quran. But to be more precise, we can say brought down the Quran. Or for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Baqarah number 97, Whoever is an enemy of Jibra'il, of Gabriel, should know that Jibra'il is a servant, is an agent of God. You shouldn't be enemy of Jibra'il. He doesn't do anything in vain. And this is in Surah Baqarah, as I said. And if you read the previous verses, it's about the Bani Israel at the time of the Prophet. And according to some sources, one of the great leaders of them went to the Prophet and asked certain questions to test the Prophet. And he was fully convinced. So the answers were all perfect. At the end, he asked, who has brought you the Quran? The Prophet said, Jibrail. He said, oh, in that case, we cannot accept. We accept if it is from Michael, Mikael. Because in our sources, Always when Jibra'il brings a message, it's causing problems, it's difficult things. But when it is Mikhail, it's easy. So, this is a, an excuse not to believe in the Quran. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ مَنْ كَانَ عَدُوًّا لِجِبْرِيلِ فَإِنَّهُ نَزَّلَهُ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِكَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ Whoever is the enemy of Gabriel should know that he has brought this down with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this message confirms previous messages and is guidance and good news for the believers. So, 
Allah is the sender, but also Gabriel is introduced as a person involved in this process. And we have this also in other places, for example, in Surah Takbir. The Quran is conveyed by an apostle who is honest, who is obeyed. This is important. Gabriel has a high position among the angels, so he has his own angels under him who work under him and they obey him in surah nahl 102 also allah says so all are gabriel there is another category of the verses of the quran in which the angels are introduced to be the ones who brought Quran. So, four categories. In some verses, it's just said that Quran is sent down. Who is the sender is not mentioned. In some verses, Allah is the sender. In some verses, it says that Gabriel brought the Quran down. And in some verses, it says that angels. For example, Fi suhufen. Mukarramatin, Marfuatin, Mutahara, Beaidi Safara, Kiramin, Barara. The Quran partly was given to the Prophet like a kind of templates, a kind of tablets, and this was brought by angels who are apostles of God, who are messengers of God. So it says, بِعَيْدِ safara, كِرَامٍ bara. This is using a plural form. So, is there any conflict between these verses? Of course, no. This is all true, all correct. Because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does something, he doesn't need to do it himself directly. He can do it through his agents. We have something similar about death. Sometimes Allah says, He is the one who takes away the soul. Allahu yatawaffal anfus. Sometimes he says, The angel of death. And sometimes he says, Our messengers, our apostles, which are angels. They are all correct. When, uh, for example, minister or prime minister or king does something, he can say, I have done this, he, because he is in charge of the overall affairs. Or it can be said that this head of this office has done this. Or you can refer to the staff and employee there, that they have done this. They are all correct. So... There are different types of verses of the Quran and all together we come to this conclusion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes directly conveys the message and sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks behind the whale and sometimes it's through Jibra'il or the agents and the people, the angels who work for 
Jibra'il. So this is about the sender of the Quran. Who is the receiver of the Quran? In some verses, Allah doesn't mention the receiver. He just says that this has been sent down. For example, Truly we have sent down the reminder, which is one title of the Quran, and we are going to protect it. To whom this has been sent down, it doesn't mention. It just, the focus is on the sender and protection of the message. In some places, the Prophet is mentioned that he is the one who has received this message. And actually there are many. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَآمَنُوا بِمَا نُزِّلَ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمٍ وَهُوَ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ They believed in what has been revealed to the Prophet and that is the truth from the Lord. Sometimes the Quran says that it has been sent down to people. For example, in Surah Nisa 174, sorry, O mankind, Nas includes all human beings, wherever they live in the world. White, black, yellow, young, old, male, female, all are included. O people, O mankind, a very clear message, a proof has come to you. We have sent down to you Nuran Mubina, an obvious light, a clear light. So you are the receiver. You are the people to whom Allah has sent down the Quran. And one of the titles of the Quran is Nur Mubin. The Quran says that all the divine messages were light. In particular, the Quran refers to Torah being light, to gospel being light. And when it comes to the Quran, not only it is light, it is Nur Mubin. It's a clear light. What does it mean that it is a clear light? It means that it is a light that you can easily relate to, you can easily understand. Sometimes the light is light, but we cannot see the light because we need to equip ourselves with a type of vision. For example, can you see the light of angels? No. Can you see the light of good actions? For example, wuzu has light. Whenever you make wuzu, there is light. Al-wuzu or nurun. Prayer has light. Zakat, charity has light. Can you see it? No. This is a type of light that you don't have ability to see it. Why? Because your eyes, my eyes are unfortunately covered. There is veil in front of our eyes. We cannot see this light. I mentioned in the discussion that we had about light several years ago that every action has its own light and these lights are different. 
the light of prayer and the light of Hajj, the light of fasting, the light of charity are all different. Once a person who was a student of Ayatollah Ansari Hamadani had a very special experience. He said, I saw a very powerful light and I think it was the light of God. Am I right? And Ayatollah Ansari Hamadani said, no, that was not the light of God. That was the light of your wuzu. Even light of wuzu is so magnificent that if you see it, you don't find anything in this world similar to that. Because that's a spiritual light. Physical light cannot stand you know, in contrast to that. Light of Allah is not possible to be seen by us. It's infinite. The person who goes to Hajj, there is hadith that when a person returns from Hajj, go quickly and visit him and hug him because he has light of Hajj and before he commits a sin, you should go and visit him because then the light may go away. And sometimes I tease brothers in Hajj and I say, you know, Unfortunately, neither people manage to get this light off before reaching home. So sometimes, you know, but hopefully not, inshallah. So, every action has its own light. And these lights are not, unfortunately, understood by us. We just believe in them. But the light of Quran is the light which is mubin. Everyone with little bit of understanding can feel this light there have been many people who just became Muslims they embraced Islam by reading the Quran you are surprised because I know that there are Muslims who have difficulty in reading the Quran and understanding the Quran because they don't know Arabic translations are not perfect and then in addition to even Arabic you need to know something about the culture of that time you need to know some concepts and Quran is a book which has its own ways of explaining things so sometimes Muslims have difficulty in understanding the Quran but still you find people from another part of the world they have not been brought up as a Muslim or even in a Muslim community they read the Quran and they find the light they have penetrated all different whales and barriers and still they see the light of the Quran. Why? Because this is Nur Mubin. It is so strong that even when many, many barriers are put in front of the Quran, still they can see it. And I think one of the thickest whales in front of the Quran is actions of Muslims. Actions of Muslims unfortunately covers greatly the light of the Quran. Why? Because non-Muslims look at the Quran through us, through our practices, through what we say and we do. 
They don't have access directly to the Qur'an in most of the cases. If they have, it's much easier for them to understand the light of the Qur'an. But when they look at the Muslim world and Muslim community, so this becomes a big problem. Those who have ability to be with good Muslims, then they are in much better ground for embracing Islam. If they know some good Muslims, good practicing Muslims, who are nice, who observe moral issues, everything, then you see how easy it is for them to see the light of the Qur'an. But if the Qur'an is introduced to you by a person who doesn't practice the Qur'an, this becomes by itself a big barrier. So the Qur'an is Nure Mubin, and inshallah we will talk about the light of Qur'an in future more. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhan nas, O mankind, we have sent down to you a clear book, a clear light. We have Kitab Mubin and we have Nur Mubin. Okay, so who is the receiver of the Quran? Sometimes it says the Prophet, sometimes it says human beings, mankind. Is there any conflict? No. Again, there is no conflict because the main receiver, the first receiver is the Prophet. But the Prophet has not been given the Qur'an for himself. He is to deliver it to the people. So people are the receivers of the Qur'an, but through the Prophet. So there is no problem here, it's quite obvious. What has happened is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this very clear in the Quran that sending the message by Allah was bilhaq. It was with full observation of the truth. It was truthfully sent. And I will explain that. Jibrail, if he was involved, and if it was not direct and immediate, Jibrail also delivered that to the Prophet truthfully. The Prophet received it truthfully and delivered this truthfully. The whole Quran is based on truth. Haq. And Allah is Al-Haq. Al-Haq. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, many verses, I have just selected for you some verses, in which he says that he has sent the Quran Bil-Haq. By observing the truth. For example, Surah Baqarah, chapter 2, number 176. Allah has sent down this book by truth. Nothing other than truth is found in this book. So the content of the book is true. Completely true. The reason for sending the Qur'an is to serve the truth. To make people familiar with the truth. To invite them to observe the truth. So everything as far as Allah is concerned is in full compliance with Haq. Or in Surah Baqarah number 119. Allah says, we have sent you, we have given message to you, Bil-Haq, truthfully. 
or Surat Baqarah number 252. Those are the communications of God we recite unto you truthfully. So no falsehood is there. Allah is Al-Haq. His word is Haq. He has decided to send this Bil-Haq. Surah Ma'idah number 48. We have sent this book to you, Bil-Haq. مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَمُهَيْمِنًا عَلَيْهِ This is very beautiful. This book confirms all the books which were sent before, مُصَدِّق, but at the same time, وَمُهَيْمِنًا عَلَيْهِ At the same time, this book is superior to them. Because every message which comes is to give you the final message, the final answer. When you receive different communications, always the last one helps in understanding the whole picture. Without the last one, you cannot understand what is the whole picture, what is the final message. So Allah says, this has been sent to you, بالحق, فَحْكُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ so rule among the people or judge among the people in Arabic fahkum can mean rule or judge. Bima anzalallah according to what Allah has sent down. Allah says to the Prophet, don't follow the whims and the desires of people so that you forget what has come to you from the truth. You have to observe the truth. You shouldn't try just to please this person or that person. If you want to please this person or that person and sacrifice the truth, it's not accepted. Now that you have been given the true message of God, you have to observe that. And if you observe that in the long term, more people will be pleased. Maybe this particular person would not be pleased, but it's better for all humanity if we observe the truth. Sometimes we are very short-sighted. I think that if I tell lie, it is good for me. Or it's good for, for example, the community or for family. And we don't realize that these lies in the long term are very destructive. Maybe today you earn something, you make some profit, but in the long term you are losing. And najat of a sidq. If you want to be saved, you have to be truthful. So Allah says to the Prophet, don't follow the whims of the Prophet, the desires of the Prophet, uh, sorry, uh, the whims of the people and desires of the people and forget the true message. Okay, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed this message and sent it truthfully. Then Jibra'il, قُلْ نَزَّلَهُ رُوحُ الْقُدُسُ مِنْ رَبِّكَ بِالْحَقِّ Jibrail also took the message and carried this message to the Prophet Bilhaq. He didn't add anything. He didn't hide anything. He didn't even say to the Prophet that, for example, this is more important, forget the rest. No. He conveyed the message exactly as the 
message was with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قُلْ نَزَّلَهُ رُوحُ الْقُدُسِ مِنْ رَبِّكَ بِالْحَقِّ And then, when it comes to the Prophet, the Prophet also received the message truthfully. This is also important. Sometimes you deliver a message to someone, that person doesn't get it right. He misunderstands the message. Or forgets the message. Or misinterpret the message. But the Prophet received it truthfully. It means that he kept it. He preserved it. He didn't add anything. He didn't lose anything. He didn't misquote. He didn't misinterpret. Everything was with observance of truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We sent it truthfully and it was received truthfully. Sometimes, you know, you plan something from your end, it's okay. But when it reaches there, it's not okay. In between, some problem happens. But Allah says, all the way through, up to reaching us, is Belhaq. Even Allah says very strong you know, sentence. He says, لو تقبل علينا بعض الأقاويل أخذنا منه باليمين ثم لقطعنا منه الوطين. Even if the Prophet, that we love him very much, if he wants to say a little word from himself, he will kill him. The Prophet, that Allah loves him so much, he says that even if he wants to add something, to fabricate something and said this is said by Allah, we will take him with the right hand and we will cut off his blood vessels. It means that we don't have any, you know, kind of, say, taruf as we say, you know. We are very strict, very serious about this matter. Of course, we know that the Prophet doesn't do that. Allah wants to give the message to us. Sometimes we say something so that someone else understands. Allah says, now you scholars, you ulama, you Muslims, you believers in the Quran, you must know what is your situation. If I am going to do this with the Prophet, so now you should imagine what will happen to you if you change my message. No one should dare to think of changing the message of the Quran. So, when the message has been designed to reach us so perfectly, therefore there is no worry of any change in this message. Therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Fussalat number 41, 42, aziz. لَا يَعْتِيهِ الْبَاطِلِ مِنْ بَيْنَ يَدَائِهِ وَلَا مِنْ خَلْفِهِ تَنْزِيلٌ مِنْ حَكِيمٍ حَمِيدٌ Truly this is a book which is Aziz. Aziz nowadays, when they say Aziz, they mean dear. But Aziz literally, originally doesn't just mean dear. Aziz comes from Izza. Izza means dignity. Means to be always victorious, not to be defeated. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has Izza. It means that Allah is never defeated. He's always victorious. He can make sure whatever he wants will happen. No one can force him to withdraw. This is a book which is always victorious. A book which will never be defeated, re refuted, rejected. La al Falsity cannot reach the Quran from in front or from behind. Means from no angle, from no direction, falsehood can reach the Quran. This is a book sent by the wise who is the praised. Tanzilun min Hakimin Hamid. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in chapter 15, number 9, Truly we have sent the Quran and we are the protector of the Quran. So, Alhamdulillah, with respect to the Quran, there is no worry of the words of Quran being lost. The text of the Quran being missed. The only thing which remains is understanding, interpretation. Yes, there is always chance for people to misunderstand, to misinterpret. But the actual wording of the Quran, 114 chapters of the Quran, has, have been preserved and will always be there. There is no problem. So all generations to come, they will always have access to the actual word of God. And this is very important. No generation would be deprived from having direct access to the word of God. Whether they can understand it properly or not, it's to them. If they equip themselves with proper methodology, if they refer to proper sources, proper scholars, if they purify their heart and soul, they can understand it properly. Otherwise, they may not understand it properly. But at least... The whole text of the Quran is always available. And this is very important. And we have to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that now after 14 centuries, we have the same access to the Quran that the people at the time of the Prophet had. They didn't have anything more, anything extra. Exactly the same Quran that we have today. So, this is about the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent the Quran truthfully and has remained for us. Something that I want to mention today, and inshallah we will continue our discussion inshallah tomorrow, is about the time in which the Quran was revealed. We know that the whole duration of the prophecy of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was 23 years. So, from the first time he was receiving revelation up to the end of his life was 23 years. And the Quran was gradually being revealed to the Prophet. So we say that this chapter is, for example, revealed in Mecca, this chapter was revealed in Medina, and Sometimes even if there is a big chapter, maybe part of it is in Mecca, part of it is in Medina. For example, it's not that 
all, for example, 20, 40 pages were revealed at the same time. They can be on different occasions. And according to the instruction of the Prophet himself, they were organized in different chapters. And this is clear. The beginning of Revelation was on the 27th of Rajab. That is the Eid of Mab'ath. The very first time that the Prophet received the revelation. So, the beginning of revelation was in the month of Rajab, 27th of Rajab. And this took 23 years, the whole prophethood. And sometimes the Quran says some of the enemies used to complain. And blame the Prophet why the Quran was not given to you in one time as one package. Something like this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the reason is that we wanted to send it gradually so that it would be a kind of assurance for Muslims. Because when they faced some problems and then they received the message from God, it was a great support for them. But in addition to this gradual revelation of the Quran, the Quran has also another nuzul, another revelation. And that is in the night of Qadr. In the night of Qadr, the Quran was sent down as a whole. And that is in the month of Ramadan. Not in Rajab. Rajab was the big, 27th of Rajab was the beginning of revelation. Only few verses of Quran were revealed at that time. From Surah Alaq. Uh, but the whole Quran was revealed in the night of Qadr. Here there are two ideas that we find in our hadith and our sources and both can be correct one is that in Laylatul Qadr the whole Quran was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Baytul Ma'mur Baytul Ma'mur is in a sky in heaven and it is something in parallel to Kaaba. Indeed, Kaaba is a kind of reconstruction of Baytul Ma'mur. We do tawaf around Kaaba just to copy what the angels do around Baytul Ma'mur. And there is a hadith that a person asked Imam Sadiq alayhi salam. Why Kaaba is cubic? Imam said, because Kaaba is under Baytul Ma'mur. Baytul Ma'mur means the house which is uh, developed, which is in a very good condition. So Imam said, Kaaba is under Baytul Ma'mur, and Baytul Ma'mur has four corners, it's cubic. So this person then asked, why Baytul Ma'mur is cubic? 
So Imam said, because Baytul Ma'mur is under Arsh, and Arsh, divine throne, has four pillars. And those are, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. These four most fundamental truths, items of truth, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Akbar, these are the foundations of the whole creation. If someone understands this properly. So, Baytul Ma'mur is something for the angels in Malakut, according to some hadith in the fourth sky, the fourth sky, because we have seven, which is parallel to Kaaba. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first sent the Quran to Baytul Ma'mur, and then from Baytul Ma'mur by Jibra'il or other angels or other ways gradually was revealed to the Prophet. This is what we find in some hadith. Another view which as I said can be at the same time true and they are not necessarily conflicting is what for example Allah Tabatabai says in Al-Mizan. He says that even the Prophet himself received the Quran in two ways. Once he received the whole Quran in Laylatul Qadr and once in a detailed version over 23 years. And there are some things, you know, some reasons to support this view as well. Because, for example, the Quran says, لا تعجل بالقرآن من قبل أن يقضى إليك وحيه. Do not be hesitant in reciting the Quran before revelation is finished. So according to some interpretation, it means that the Prophet, because he knew what is going to be revealed to him, so when something was starting, he knew up to the end. So sometimes he was so, you know, uh, amazed that he wanted to read it before it was finished. And Allah says, stop till it's finished, and then you start narrating this to other people. So, Allah Tabatabai says that there are two revelations of the Quran. Once as a whole package to the Prophet, and that is what is mentioned in Surah Qadr, for example, or Surah Dukhan. And one was gradually. Even he goes further and he says, normally when the verbs from Enzal is used, refers to the whole package. When it is Tanzil, it refers to the detailed and gradual process. So when we say Nazalna, it means gradually. When it says Anzalna, it means altogether. This is the view of Allah Metabotai. As I said, both can be okay. It, it, we can say that it was first sent to Baytul Ma'mur, and then again, once as a package to the Prophet, as a whole, and one in a detailed, gradual version over the years was given to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now the question is, why Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala chose Laylatul Qadr. 
when he wanted to send the entire Quran either to Baytul Ma'mur or to the Prophet or both, why he chose Laylatul Qadr? The answer is because Laylatul Qadr, even before Quran was sent, is a special night. And revelation of the Quran adds to the value and significance of this night. It's not that Laylatul Qadr was a normal night and then after the Quran was revealed it becomes important. No. Even before the Quran was revealed, Laylatul Qadr was there. It was always there throughout the history of mankind. Laylatul Qadr has always been there, but people didn't know about this. Even the Prophet Muhammad didn't know about Laylatul Qadr through early years. Therefore Allah says, even there is a hadith that once Muslims asked the Prophet about Laylatul Qadr and he didn't answer. He waited till revelation came. And then the Prophet said, I didn't answer because I didn't know myself. I had to wait for revelation. So Laylatul Qadr is something which has been there. But previous generations of human beings, previous nations, they didn't know about this. They didn't know the significance of Laylatul Qadr. Alhamdulillah, we are fortunate that we know about Laylatul Qadr. But now we have to do a little work to be ready for that Laylatul Qadr. And deliberately, they haven't made it very specific. They say either 19 or 21st or 23rd. Because you shouldn't be, you know, or I shouldn't, when I say you, I don't mean you necessarily, I mean myself. You know, we shouldn't be lazy. For such an important night, we have to work hard. Some people work throughout the year so that they can be ready for Laylatul Qadr. For example, one of our great ulama who was a teacher of Ayatollah Khui and people in that generation... Ayatollah Sheikh Muhammad Hussein Isfahani Al-Gharavi He used to recite every day 1000 times Surah Al-Qadr Despite being a great alim and having lots of responsibilities Every day he was reciting 1000 times Surah Al-Qadr People throughout the year think about Laylatul Qadr Indeed, Laylatul Qadr is the beginning of the year. If you want to have a spiritual calendar, if you want to have a you know, Quranic calendar, according to Hadith, the beginning is Laylatul Qadr and the end is Laylatul Qadr. Some people consider this as also their own financial year for homes or whatever. So Laylatul Qadr is very special. Now that we don't work for it throughout the year, at least in the months of Ramadan, we have to really work hard to get ready for Laylatul Qadr, inshallah. So, Ahlul Bayt, alayhimussalam, deliberately didn't say which night. But they said 19 or 21st or 23rd. Sometimes people were really insisting so much on them. Please tell us which night it is. And... 
They were reluctant because they knew that if people know that which night is that night, then the other nights they will just sleep and, you know, do nothing. And this needs preparation. So, they said 19, 21st, 23rd, to make it more specific. But sometimes they have said in the last 10 nights. So it means from 19th up to the end. But people insisted, they said 19, 21st, 23rd. In some hadith, it says 21st and 23rd. For example, this is a hadith from Imam Sadiq salam in Al-Kafi. Sa'altuhu an Laylat al-Qadr. I ask Imam Sadiq, the narrator says, I ask Imam Sadiq salam. This is volume 4, page 156 of Kafi. Which night is Laylat al-Qadr? Imam said, Al-Tamisha fi Laylat Ihda wa Ishreen or Laylat Thalath wa Ishreen. It's either 21 or 23. 21st or 23rd. Then, a person, you know, Abu Hamza Thumali, he had a son called Ali. Ali, the son of Abu Hamza Thumali, he says, I was with Imam Sadiq and Abu Basir said, Ju'al to Fadak, may I be your ransom? That night in which we hope what we hope. Means that great night. Imam said, Fi ihda wa ishreen aw thalath wa ishreen. Is 21 or 23. Then he said, If I cannot revive these two nights, not to sleep, do a'mal in two nights, what should I do? Imam said, For all the things that you expect to be given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's easy just to spend two nights. It's not difficult. You want such great things from Allah and then you are not ready to revive two nights. Then he said, he entered from another angle. He was very, you know, clever man. Abu Basir is a very well-known, you know, narrator of hadith. So he said something that sometimes people this age say. He said, Rubama ra'ayna al-hilal indana. Sometimes we sighted the moon in our town, so we started the month of Ramadan. Then, according to us, the Laylatul Qadr is, for example, tonight and then the night after tomorrow night. But then someone else comes from another town and says that we have sighted the moon one day earlier or after you. So, now which two nights? Our two nights or their two nights. So he said, رُبَمَا رَعَيْنَا الْهِلَالَ عِنْدَنَا وَجَعَنَا مَا يُخْبِرُنَا بِخِلَافِ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَرْضٍ أُخْرَى Because he has come from another land, a near town, another place, and he says, no, for us it's different. Then do you know what Imam said? Imam said, مَا أَيْسَرَ أَرْبَعَ لَيَالٍ تَطْلُبُهَا فِيهَا Why you don't do Laylatul Qadr in four nights? You shouldn't take risk, do it for four nights. Then he didn't stop. He said to Imam, Oh Imam, Laylatul Juhani is the night of 23rd. 
There is a person in the time of the Prophet, he was called Johanni. He went to the Prophet and said to the Prophet, I live outside the town because I have a cattle, lots of you know, animals. He had you know, a farm. So he said, I cannot come three nights to Medina for Laylatul Qadr. Please tell me which night is the night that I can come because I have animals to look after. The Prophet said, you know, ask him to come here, so whisper to his ear. So that no one hears that what is the night. So everyone was waiting to see when Johanni comes. And he came on the, 23rd, the night 23rd, came to Medina. But you cannot be 100% sure that he, because maybe he made mistake or maybe he couldn't go 21st and went to 23rd. So don't lose 21. So he said, I, Abu Basi says, I told Imam Sadiq alayhi salam, May I be your ransom? Laylatul Thalath wa Ishreen, Laylatul Juhani. The night of 23rd is the night that Juhani went to the mosque of the Prophet. Then Imam Sadr, you know, said, This is what has been said. <laughs> he didn't say yes or no. He wanted to leave this not very known. He said, yes, this is what is said. And then he says that I told Imam Sadiq said, I told Imam that Sulaiman narrates that in the night of 19, the names of people who go to Hajj are written down. So everyone who goes to Hajj will be decided in the night. Uh, sorry, I said 29? 19. Then Imam Sadiq said, Wafdul Hajj yuktabu fi Laylatul Qadr. This will be written in the night of Qadr. Wal Manaya, Wal Balaya, Wal Arzaq, Wama Yakunu illa Mithlaha fi Qabil. Who is going to die? Who is going to become ill? Who is going to receive some good news or bad news, sustenance, rest? Who is going to have a child? Who is going to get married? Everything will be decided in Laylatul Qadr. Fatlubaha fi Laylat Ihda wa Ishreen wa Thalath wa Ishreen. Seek for your request in the night of 21 or 23. In every of these two nights, say 100 rak'ah prayer, 52 rak'ah each. Try not to sleep till it becomes bright. Then the next day starts. And make ghusl. In the night of Qad, one of the things which is recommended is to do ghusl. He said, if I cannot do this, hundred rak'ah prayer is difficult for me. Imam said, okay, fasalle wa antajjalis. Say hundred rak'ah prayer, sitting. I said, fa'illam astati'ah. Even sitting is difficult for me. Imam said, Fa'ala farashik in your bed. Just lie back and by pointing, say this hundred rak'ah prayer. 
And also Imam said that if you are very tired, there is no problem if you sleep a little bit at the beginning of the Laylatul Qadr. لا عليك أن تكتحل أول الليل بشيء من النوم. It's very beautiful expression. كهل in Arabic is what uh, the ladies and sometimes men use black for uh, decorating, you know, uh, the eye. I don't know what is it used in called in English. Okay, this. This is, you know, you put a little bit to make your eyes beautiful and it has some benefits. Imam says, you can sleep that much at the beginning of the night. Unfortunately, sometimes people do a'mal at the beginning of night and then they sleep afterwards. But if you have to sleep, do the opposite. Beginning of night, sleep. After midnight, till Fajr, that's the peak of Laylatul Qadr. So, if you have to sleep, have some rest at the beginning and then later keep awake. All the gates of heaven are open in the month of Ramadan and Satan's are chained up and your actions are accepted in this month. So, you should appreciate. So, this is something about Laylatul Qad. Inshallah, I will talk more about Laylatul Qad because there are many ideas about Laylatul Qad and the way the angels receive uh, the commands from Allah and deliver and where do they descend. When Allah says, Tanazzalul Malaika, where do they descend? Inshallah, we will talk about this. And according to some hadith, the night of 19 is the night in which the major, you know, Decision making starts. Some hadith says in the 19, it will be decided somehow. Measures will be made. You know, like for example, drafting. In 21st, it would be finalized and 23rd will be signed and sealed. So, don't lose this night. The night of 19 is possible also. And inshallah, remember me also in your du'as and all Muslim brothers, inshallah. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين.